0: we yeah. yeah.
1: 50th episode of the Immensely Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of Comicvine.com. And with me is returning – I can't remember the last time he's been on. It's been, it's been a little while. We have Mr. Kyle Higgins, the writer of Nightwing and Batman Beyond 2.0.
2: How's it going?
1: Pretty good. Do you say 2.0 or
2: 2.0? Um, well, I mean, I say 2.0, but I think – I mean, obviously it's – the technical uh, phrase is 2.0 or technical I, term.
1: I try to do that just being a math teacher because, you know, it's like oh, is not a number, but right. I usually say
2: 2.0. Well, like I grew up, like my area code was 708. Mm-hmm. But like whenever you give your phone number, it's like 708, you know, yeah. and 301. Um, so, yeah. So this so is... It, it used to, hold on, I should, I should say, it drives my dad crazy because my dad... My dad was in the army, and he was in um, like um, I'm trying to think during Vietnam. He was in the army, and, and I think he was he dealt with like uh, like radio trucks mm-hmm. for for something. I don't know if he if he drove a radio truck or if he was in, involved in communications. I should ask him. But I do know <laughs> uh, being involved in radio communication it made him has made him like ultra particular. So like growing up, like you said, like 708, like, it, you know, he would correct you every time. And so then I would say 708 more just to make him angry. Um, <laughs> so the long, uh, short answer is uh, 2.0.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week we saw chapter seven. Now, do you call it chapters or do you call them issues?
2: Yeah, I call them chapters because the print edition, uh, print editions are, are issues, you know, the compilation of, to I mean, if it weren't confusing enough, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I were to call the digital editions issues, like it would be even more, um, you know, it would be even harder to, to distinguish what's what.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, it, the good thing about it is the the printed has a different name since it's combining Justice League beyond
2: 2.0. Right. I mean explaining it is always like explaining it to people is always like tricky like i get a lot of like text messages or emails from friends that are like wait so issue 3 is out but what is that <laughs> i thought 3 came out like you know 2 months ago it's like no chapter 3 came out 2 months ago issue 3 which is chapter 7 and 8 you know is out actually well no i guess chat uh, issue Three is chapters five and six. Seven and eight are in issue four, which is not out yet. Yeah. See, you're already confusing me,
1: uh-huh. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to admit, you know, and I, I noticed there's there's still a lot of people that are. Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised there's still people that are like anti digital, like um, because last week they they announced that Mark Wade is is going to be doing a a digital only Daredevil series. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gonna be their their infinite whatever you know where it's like I guess like the the layered pages and stuff like right. that. Right.
0: Right.
1: So there's so many people in the comments are like like oh this this sucks. They're like I'm not reading Daredevil anymore. They're just like so anti digital, which is is just <laughs> weird because um, I I get if you don't have the proper um, viewing device you know because like I, I I bought an iPad three just to read digital comics. Um, right. Like, like a year ago, and, and I I loved <laughs> on there. I mean, it, they look great. But yeah. Uh, over the weekend, I I read this digital comic Batman Beyond 2.0, I and I I read it on my phone, and mm-hmm. it was fine because with with the guided viewing, you know, it it it's large enough, and and you know I I have a a 5s now, so it's you know it's a little bit bigger screen. Right. And you know, there's just a couple of times I had to rotate the phone a little bit to you know make it a little bigger, but you know, that I don't I didn't have a problem with that. And it was here is a Saturday night, it was probably like like eight o'clock and you know, I go to my phone, boom, download it and you know I got the comic. Right. So, you know, you just have that convenience of getting it, you know, wherever you're at whenever you want. So
2: Well yeah, I mean I, I like it too. Um we don't get like uh we don't get high res PDFs or like high res copies of our stuff. So having digital digital versions like through Comixology uh, is really nice because at least I have like you know like I have like a high res version for my computer like I can I can save or um, you know share with my parents <laughs> yeah because they yeah my, my mom knows the book exists digitally but she doesn't know how to get to it <laughs> so
1: and, and it looks good I mean Comixology DC whoever I mean
2: oh they look great yeah. yeah.
1: I always wonder, and I don't know if you know about this, but it's like, I mean, like, like what, what's the turnaround time? So, like, when 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 issue eight comes out, huh? I mean, I'm assuming is that chapter eight or chapter issue eight, chapter eight when <laughs> chapter eight comes out. I'm assuming that's already sent in, or is it not for what for the printer? Well, no, for 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 DC because someone and I don't know if if it's in. In the the West Coast office of DC in the digital department, or if it's someone at Comics, someone has to configure the comics and not just right. your comics to, for the guided viewing, where they, they need to make it okay, go to this part, this panel, go over here, then span out to the whole thing. So right. it's like I always wonder, it's like how much lead time, and is it like one person doing it, or is it like a team? I should like
2: well, there's a team of there's a team of guys or pe- of people in um, in Burbank. Who deal with all the guided viewing stuff? Um, actually, I was in there when I first started doing some digital comics for for DC. I, I started with the um, the Masters of the Universe uh-huh. stuff, and so I was in one day uh, with uh, with Mike McAllister, and um, he runs operations out of Burbank, but he was also editing for my um, my Masters of the Universe stuff, and uh, so he walked me through kind of the process and and like introduced me to some of the guys who were doing just that all the guided viewing stuff. So I know like with, with our beyond, um, project, I mean, we're finished on everything, um, over a month before, uh, it comes out. Reason being that, um, it also has to go to the printer. Uh So, you know, a month out gives internally at Burbank, uh, enough time to handle the guided viewing stuff as well so for like digital only comics though um i think they i mean they put it together i mean it can it can come down to the wire sometimes um and i i do i I know like i remember on one of the of the universe things like we had something like at the last minute like we wanted to change and it was i think it was like on the day that it came out and it was it was like really easy because they you know you just make the adjustment, and then it updates the file, um, which is pretty cool. But um, but yeah, I think you know it varies a little bit for each project. But for us, we're we're a month out on everything.
1: Okay. So now, um, where where did you know? Speaking of Batman Beyond, like where, where did this idea come from to jump forward a year? Because you know that's also what's happened in Justice League.
2: Um, well, it just I mean it just came out of me looking at the book and the cartoon, um, that had come before it and, and trying to figure out a way to do something that, um, changed things up a little bit and really, you know, adjusted the status quo and, and allowed me to kind of, you know, build my own world a little bit, <clears throat> um, and, and something that would, uh, differentiate it from what had come before, you know, um, actually it was the episode, um, that episode epilogue of the uh, the Justice League Unlimited uh, series – the cartoon, I should say um, – that episode actually got me thinking along the lines of, like, well, you could actually show different eras of Terry's life. You know, the fact that the epilogue episode deals with Terry when he's, like, like 30 years old, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of got me thinking, like, there are all these stories and all these different eras that would have come before that, naturally – And um, what would it be like when Terry went to college or goes to college? You know, and then that kind of got me thinking down, you know, in those terms, which then started raising questions um, about, like, well, what would be different? Like, who would he interact with? Like, how do I make it? How do I not just repeat what's come before in terms of his dynamic with with other characters and are there any other, other new characters or um, characters you wouldn't expect who I can, uh, I can bring in as a part of the supporting cast and okay, well, if they're there, why are they there and what happened? And, you know, you just kind of start kind of flow charting it out a little bit, at least, you know, mentally. Um, And um, for every, every, every answer that I would find for, would, you know, bring up a new question and then, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's part of the creative process i guess but um but yeah it really just came out of me looking to do something uh different and and we were debating whether we were going to uh relaunch the series with a new number 1 and i think when i when i pitched this direction it kind of cemented um the decision to to do you know kind of a a relaunch um <clears throat> and uh here we are now 7 7 chapters in
0: yeah.
1: So in 2 weeks we'll get the 8th chapter mm-hmm. which which is a conclusion of this this first arc. So is there anything right. you you can tease about that without spoiling it?
2: <clears throat> um I'm trying to think. Uh yeah, there's we we well in chapter 7 which just came out, um it actually we actually have like my favorite scene that I've written in this arc between, uh, between actually Dick and Terry. And it was a scene that I had in mind really from the beginning of the arc when I started plotting out, you know, Davis's path, Davis Dusk's path, rewire, um, as well as Terry's path and how they were connected, um, at least thematically. Um, so going into chapter eight, there are some nice, uh, there are a couple of nice twists, um, in the latter half of the chapter that, um, I'm pretty excited about and um some nice some nice emotional moments. Um but really I'm just excited for the for the first arc to wrap. I mean, this is uh this has been a, a really kind of um it's been a really gratifying and, and fulfilling experience. I mean like this book uh it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean I know I know people that's kinda like the standard answer people give. Uh-huh. But it really has. I mean, um I can't give I can't thank my editor enough, uh, Alex Antone, who, uh, works out of the the West coast offices. I mean, it's just been, it's, it's been a blast. I mean, he's put, he's put so much kind of, um, so much trust in me and, and allowed me to, to do so many things and, and, uh, and push things in, in, you know, different directions. And, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that I trust as well. And I, I go back to, and, and it's, it's him and me, you know, and we, you know, I figure out a direction and, and um you know, he supports me in, in the whole thing and as a writer like that's just it's just a great feeling and um it gives you confidence and then it I think that shows in the work, you know. Uh-huh. And so um to wrap this first arc and 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 uh have that, you know, all eight chapters, which equate to about, you know, four print editions, uh, worth of story is um, is something I'm actually I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> so
1: now, now, what's it like? Um, because basically, when, when you're 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 writing now, would two chapters equate to one full issue, or is that the same? What what, what would like the the ratio be? Like, since since two chapters are are in a printed issue, but the issues also have the Justice League chapters,
2: right? <laughs> well. Um a full issue is is forty pages and twenty of those pages are Batman Beyond and twenty of the pages are Justice League Beyond. And um the print the print editions are you know, they're essentially a compilation uh-huh. of the two titles. Um so I think of a full issue as uh two chapters. Okay. Um but you know what actually that's actually a lie, um, as I'm I'm kinda like going over it right now as I say that. You know, I actually I approach it in in digital chapters first, in terms of my mindset. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I'm cognizant of how they'll work when they're put together uh, for a print edition, but really I want every chapter to kind of stand on its own, um, and and have a great you know hook at the end, yeah. uh, which is really hard to do because um, there's not a lot of page space. Um, yeah, you know, that's why you tend to see in this first arc as um, we've been kind of figuring out how much we can fit and how much we can pack into each chapter. Um, you know, in the print edition, the pages, you know, start to feel pretty dense. Um, I've joked that they kind of, you know, they start looking, reminding me of like a George Perez comic from 1984. <laughs> Just a lot of panels, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've pushed Tony about as far as I can <laughs> in terms of how many how many panels per page are you know actually physically possible to fit and have it still make sense. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I, yeah, my mindset is mostly does it work as a digital comic first, um, and, uh, and 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 at the same time, like I'm also thinking in addition to the print. Uh, comic monthly comic well what will it look like in trade you know because you know knock on wood these will be collected um and i don't know how many issues per trade it'll be um but uh but you know that's something down the line that you know we'll hopefully uh hopefully be dealing with
1: yeah because i i'd imagine that where basically one issue is two chapters you have to approach Batman Beyond differently than you would approach Nightwing because you have to put in, like, two hooks instead of one hook.
2: Yeah, but that's kind of what I was saying is, like, when I th- when I think of it as a digital comic first, um, each chapter is ten pages. And so you're kind of – you're cliffhangering in the middle of a print edition, um, which is what you're saying. Uh-huh. But my mindset – Kind of like how I structure the story out is based on based on chapters. It's it's based on ten page chunks rather than twenty page chunks. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is it's it's a very different way of thinking from from how we do Nightwing, and um, you know, creatively, it's it's a bit different. It, it's a lot different uh, than how we do Nightwing as well. Um, um, that you know, that's one of the one of the big perks of of doing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apparently there's a fire somewhere.
1: It wasn't you. You have an <clears throat> yeah. alibi.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just kind of one of the, one of the perks of doing um, the beyond universe where it's it's me, it's Chris, and it's Alex is that's essentially it, you know. I mean, there's no big shared universe that um, you know you have to coordinate with and there aren't there aren't a lot of people with a lot of different kind of directions that you're you know um, that you're interacting with on a day to day basis as you try to figure out the story and and um, you know it's a bit of a a smaller kind of team Um, and uh, so it's just uh, it's just a different kind of like I said it's a different creative process um, from some of the Nightwing stuff.
1: Now, um, with, since there's like basically a lot that has happened in this year, you know, we, we've seen some, some big changes. When, like how soon do you plan on, on, on filling in some of, some of those gaps? I mean, is it something that we're going to see touched on right, right away, or is it something you're just going to you know little by little, like over time?
2: Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not going to be touched on right away. Um, there is a plan. And I have the story um, I actually have it I have it pretty well outlined already um as far as what all the answers are as to the missing time and, and whatnot um but yeah we have we have our next arc um, which I don't wanna I don't think I can give anything away about, but uh, we have our next arc, and then uh, which I'm into right now, um, we're outlining our arc after that. Which is going to be that one's that one's pretty big as well, um, and then the arc after that is where I'm tentatively planning to do a lot of the what happened in the missing year, um, and it's big. I mean, it's <laughs> it's really big. So, um, you know i i don't want to I don't want to drag it out. I don't want to drag this out for too long. Uh-huh. But um, I. I feel confident that our answers are are um compelling enough that uh it'll be worth the wait. Um and and plus the other the other thing too is that the dynamic that we're exploring right now between Terry and Dick it's so interesting to me that I want to I want to spend some time um you know really developing it and really exploring it. Um he's just such a he's, it's just such a different kind of uh situation and dynamic than uh than uh, bruce and terry was or is um so you know i'm having a lot of fun with it so i don't i don't have uh i don't feel the uh <laughs> the pressing need to to blow that up
1: yeah i mean like the in chapter seven i i i, I love the conversation between terry and dick about what it's like to be batman and you know, like, yeah. like like the cost of it, and I I I have to say, you know, even though there was some like really great action, I think that that might have been my favorite part of the issue, is just
2: that well, dialogue. That's, yeah, that's the scene that I was talking about a few minutes ago, where I said that's the one that it's my favorite scene that uh, that that we've done in this first arc, and it's the one that I've had in mind since we kind of started mapping it out. Um, I I really like this idea that. Uh, Dick Grayson has gone through a lot of this, a lot of the things that Bruce has Uh and in the show, um, obviously Bruce has gone through a lot of the things that Terry is starting to go through from a Batman standpoint, but from a interpersonal standpoint, you know, Bruce doesn't really know what it's like to work with Bruce, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like the very fact that that Terry is learning from Bruce creates a whole new dynamic that um, someone like Dick can advise him on or at this point, not really advise him on, but empathize with him about um, and kind of give perspective on. Um, and that's the aspect that I find so much fun to to mine uh and in the the arc after this first rewire arc there's there's more of that um there's some cool flashbacks to the animated series actually um as you know dick tells uh tells a kind of a a fun anecdote a fun story about you know a time that he was well i can't say what he was involved with but um there when you see the the chapter you'll you'll see what i think you'll recognize what the flashbacks uh what what episode were uh homage or not homaging, but uh, actually referencing mm-hmm. uh from the original animated series so
1: now do you have any um like favorite episodes or or would that like give anything away
2: i have a lot of favorite episodes <laughs> um you know, actually, let me look. Uh, I made a list on my phone at one point. <laughs> let me see if, it, there's, if it's still on here. Because I was going to do – I went to do a podcast with um, – I, when I was doing the Fat Man on Batman, I thought we were going in to talk about uh, five favorite animated episodes, uh-huh. and it turned into, like, something much bigger. But I actually made a list. Let me see if I have it real quick. Uh
1: Okay, so what are your your five that you think?
2: Is it is it recording again? Yeah, recording. Yeah, didn't, the it's, woman didn't say this call is being recorded. It's a
1: secret recording
0: now. <laughs>
2: um, so I don't have the list. Uh, but <laughs> let's see. Uh, some of my favorite episodes. Uh, well, the obvious ones that I that I kind of always go to are um, old wounds, which is the origin of, uh, Dick's, uh, Nightwing identity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess it's not the origin, but it's kinda, it's, it's the final, uh, story of Dick as Robin. It's why, it's the final straw. It's what, you know, caused Dick to, to quit finally, ultimately. And it's just this great moment where he's on the roof with, uh, with Batman and he's Batman has lied or ba- ba- basically Batman knew the whole time that Barbara was Batgirl, but, you know, Bruce didn't tell Dick and he says, it wasn't my place to, to tell you. And, and, uh, and Barbara's like, it was my decision, you know, to come out here with tonight and to, to work alongside him. And and Dick says, uh, you know, you think it was your decision, but I know him better than you. Like he manipulates people and, and uh, and he quits and, and throws his cape down and, you know, Bruce grabs his shoulder, Batman grabs his shoulder and, and Dick turns around and just decks him and lays him out on the roof. It's, It's a pretty great moment. Uh, So there's there's that episode. There's, um, let's see, from, well, there's Out of the Past, which is from Batman Beyond. Um, That's the one where Bruce goes in the Lazarus pit. Um, Let's see. There's a little all over the place here. Um, uh, Feet of Clay and Mudslide from the original, I like a lot. Uh, Great, great, uh, great musical score in those episodes, too. Uh Uh, I love the Clayface theme. Um, the Gray Ghost, Beware the Gray Ghost. Uh, Robin's Reckoning. Um, let's see, On Leather Wings. It's the first one, obviously. Uh, Mad Love. Uh, I don't remember if this is the title of it, but Harley and Ivy. Um, let's see, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, Over the Edge is great. Uh, from later in the in the run. Um let's see oh obviously Heart of ice uh-huh. um, hmm. so, you know uh, another one that I don't go back to very often uh but it's it's pretty great is uh is the demons quest um the, the racial ghoul stuff like growing up the racial goal stuff wasn't as interesting to me but now um I love it yeah <laughs> and you know with kind of some perspective and and uh the denny o'neill and neil adams comics under my belt uh you know i have a whole new appreciation for for those episodes um and all all the all the race stuff all the talia stuff um and uh and the other episode i like a lot that i didn't like growing up because batman wasn't in it uh was the one where uh bruce gets amnesia and he wakes up in like um uh, like a, a slave labor camp, um, out in like the desert, and he doesn't know who he is, and you know he's got to break out, and then he comes back and like liberates the camp as Batman. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a great, it's a great episode. But again, when you're you know ten and there's no Batman in it, you, you get kind of bored. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we could do this. We could do this all day, but <laughs> yeah. um, there are a lot of them.
1: And of course, uh. Um, return of the joker
2: oh well yeah return of the joker mask of the phantasm uh actually another one like this the other big movie that's like really underrated is sub-zero yeah um nobody talks about sub-zero ever um but that's great i mean all uh-huh. the stuff with nora um the idea of like kidnapping barbara because she's uh she's a genetic match or her not genetic match but she i, I don't remember like her or they you can tell her organs would would fit for um she's a suitable donor i think that's what it is Mm -hmm. um yeah it's great it's great mr freeze and polar bears i mean how how can you top that
1: now um what what are your your thoughts on the the new 52 mr freeze origin
2: uh let's see if i remember it right it was that Nora never loved him? Is that was that part of it?
1: That she was like a she, the, he didn't even know her that she was like um like like a donor or like some other some other That's right. and then um he became fixated on her and created this this scenario that they were together and a lot I'm mean, not a lot but there was people that that didn't like that but I thought I personally thought that it was it was an interesting twist mm-hmm. and um and because of the thing if if you look at Mr. Freeze, my my problem with Mr. Freeze besides the fact that he never had a definitive origin in the comics,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: like you ask anyone what's what's the best Mr. Freeze story, they're like hard to, you know, it's it's animated series, which is it's kind of a bad thing that there was never anything that really stood out in the comics. But then all these times he's locked up in Arkham, it's like why is he locked up in Arkham? You know, just because he wants to save his wife. You know, that's that's not really a reason be insane so the the new or updated origin whatever you want to call it really pushes that 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 fact that he's not the most balanced guy around
2: well first of all the um the story from uh the first story from gotham central comes to mind as a as a mr free story that i that i really like um even though it's not really a mr free story but yeah you know he's the he's the the villain in it. Um, I think, uh, well, I think a few things. I think that I understand what the point was in the annual. Um, Like I remember having conversations with Scott about the fact that um, Mr. Freeze and, uh, and actually a lot of, a lot of characters from like, you know, the animated versions um, the origins are so great, but at the same time, like their stories are kind of over by the end of their appearance, uh, in the, in the animated, um, in the episode they're in, you know, like you could point to, uh, Mr. Freeze, you could point to, I feel like two face, um, you know, just by the very fact that like what turned them into a villain or, or the reason they were a villain gets settled by the end.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: and, and you kind of have that problem with Nora being the, um, with being like the, the sole kind of purpose for freeze to, <clears throat> to do what he does. Um, cause once you take Nora away, what does he do? You know, what is he after? So I understand, like, I understand the, the thinking behind it, um, I don't know. I mean, I liked, I liked it when it came out, um, I guess I could see why people would have problems with it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of an interesting question because what, I mean, yeah, like what do you, I've actually been thinking a lot about that, a very similar kind of topic a lot lately, like with villains and, you know, what happens when you, when you build a villain off of a specific want or need, um, can that want or need change? And I I think it obviously can, as it you know, we've shown with villains over and over again in some of the most well known kind of villains in comics and in the D C universe. But um, I think at the end of the day there's a and, and we don't I don't know that we really explore this too much, um, but especially in the New Fifty Two, but there is a natural, in my opinion, narcissism that comes with uh, putting on a costume to be a villain. Um, and that narcissism can either be, I mean, it doesn't have to have a, a you know, twisted psychological aspect behind it. It's often better if it does. Um, but uh, I think that, like, a, yeah, there's like an inherent, like, wanting attention um, and power that comes with, uh, you know, villains doing what they do. So, with freeze in the annual, if I remember it right, um I definitely felt like there was more an, an element of that in this interpretation of freeze um because it's not as tied to Nora uh-huh. um, so I think for longevity's sake, you can do more with freeze in the ongoing comic series with something like that um, but you know, having said that, I mean, I guess on the flip side if you if it, I'm just thinking now, like there there are a lot of different opportunities or possibilities with Nora as well that you could, if it were all tied to Nora. Um, I remember there was an episode with, uh, I think it was in Batman Beyond, or no, it was in what was it? It was in the I think the fourth season of uh, the animated series where uh, in the new Batman Adventures when it was like the art style was changed. Yeah. Um, where she wakes up, and I haven't watched this in a long time, but if I remember right, she wakes up and then she no longer loves him uh-huh. and or she basically leaves him um and so then obviously everything he's doing is kind of going forward like well you know my whole existence is meaningless now and um so that's a whole other kind of pathos that you can you know you can mine so um i don't really remember what the question was but, i was um, just, just <laughs> basically what,
1: what you think thought of it because yeah
2: uh, uh yeah I liked it at the time. I mean I'd have to reread it. It's been it's been quite a while since it came out and
1: I, I just know, think like, it's,
2: when you're in this when you're in this stuff like all day every day it uh, makes having perspective uh a, a tricky thing. Not to mention that like knowing how the sausage is made is uh you know not always a great thing for being a fan. Yeah. Um
1: so yeah. I I just thought it was weird um in the the his like his first appearance. Like way back, the you know very very first appearance in the comics, it, you know he he was splashed with whatever just chemical stuff that caused this, and then he's like, I'm going to be a crook, and then his like second appearance, they, you know there was like no but it,
2: that's the narcissism right yeah like, that's the,
1: the, <laughs> the, his second appearance there's no explanation where he I think it was it was like ten years or so, like in between his appearances then he's like I'm going to rob this museum and steal this painting, and it's like why. Just, just, you know, you were, you were the scientist guy or whatever. You, you got splashed with Freon or something and now you're going to steal paintings. So it's like there's, there's never any, any real location.
2: In all the times that I've been splashed with Freon, (laughs) my first thought is what Picasso would go great in my apartment.
1: That's right. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about, since we we mentioned Dick Grayson, you mentioned Dick Grayson, let's talk about new 52. Modern-day Nightwing. So, sure. Um, so before we get to the the elephant in the room or whatever, or whatever you want to call it, I never understood that expression, but
0: um, how the elephant yeah, get because in there?
2: there? Like if there were an elephant in the room, people would talk. Like it's not just like you would ignore it, right? Because yeah. like the expression is like the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. Yeah. Well, I, I mean I've never been in a room with an elephant where you're not talking about the elephant. Because so. like how the heck did he get in? It's like, well, there's that too. How did the floor? I, I live on the second floor, so I don't know how the hell my floor isn't collapsing from the elephant either. But
1: <laughs> so um so uh first arc in Chicago is mm-hmm. over. So he he. I actually have, have
2: a funny Nightwing elephant story, by the way.
1: Like that you can talk about, or it's going to appear in a comic? Uh,
2: no, this is this is from quite a while ago. Like I think I think I can talk about it at this point. But early on when we were uh, figuring out. <laughs> we were figuring out the book, and you know the decision was made to turn it into a, a traveling circus series for the first, you know, the first arc at least. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of back and forth about like how the circus would travel, and you know, not wanting it to feel old timey, and uh, and we had this, you know, there what kind of circus it was going to be was a big topic and uh ultimately um these pages came back with uh that Eddie had drawn with elephants and so it like it, just as, we just had like this really like weird surreal conversation about like how the elephants would be transported like from town to town cuz like I was an advocate <laughs> of of the circuits traveling on the train cuz there's mm-hmm. kind of a there's a I, I love trains and you know uh there's a kind of a classic kind of feel about you know traveling on trains and and to this day circuses do travel on trains and so like i just like this really weird surreal conversation explaining about like well there we have elephants like how how would you try how do you think elephants get from city to city like <laughs> it's not like you can just like you know show up in town and like rent train circus elephants from the local dude you know like uh-huh. it, it's not really a thing um so yeah, so every time I see the pages, like I I laugh thinking about uh, the genesis of the genesis of Dick Grayson's elephants. <laughs>
0: All
1: right, so um, he went after Tony Zuko, and you know no spoilers, so so that that story is is done. Right. Now we saw in the annual where he he goes back to um, to Gotham and he's basically tying up loose ends packing up his place he's gonna go back to Chicago
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, right. actually, you know because i cause I, I, re- I reviewed the issue one thing that I didn't bring up that I, I thought about and obviously it could have been you know in between the pages or whatever it's like he he never talked to to Sonia while he was there that we saw
2: that is accurate
1: okay um are we gonna see some discussion on that?
2: Uh yeah, Sonia. Sonia will be popping up. Okay,
1: because cause originally I I think you had mentioned that he he was just planning on going there for like a couple weeks, like to Chicago, like boom, find Tony Zuko, that's it, come back. So it's right. like, and I I think like he didn't even tell Sonia that he was going.
2: Right. And that's then, true. Yes.
1: So I I guess this is gonna be a matter. Oh by the way, you know you you told me this, and you know I haven't talked to you in a, a couple weeks. I found your dad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well she knows that her dad's in chicago and we're yeah. going to see we're going to see a little bit of that stuff as well um coming up in uh, i think like issue 28 actually um yeah i mean he he came he moved to chicago with very minimal things and then um for the annual we open with him back in gotham and he's Uh, he's, you know, packing for anyone who hasn't read it, he's packing up his, uh, he's packing up his, his loft, uh, to make the move more of a, you know, the permanent move to Chicago. Um, that's, uh, that came out, that actually came out of the, uh, you know, conversations and the desire to do an annual with, uh, with Barbara and to have it somehow connected to the Batgirl wanted Uh part that's going on right now and, So then I had to figure out a way to get him back to Gotham, um, for the annual that, you know, he had just made a big deal out of (laughs) in issue 24, like the fact that he was going to stay in Chicago and it's like, well, why the hell was he back in Gotham already? So, um, the idea that like, you know, he's packing up and moving is kind of, that was the kind of the, that was my way to do it. Uh So, um, so yeah, I know the timeline's a little weird right now where like, um, because I, I think I had a couple of people ask me like when the annual took place, and yeah, the annual takes place right after issue twenty four, uh-huh. um, and uh, and actually everything uh, for the next couple of months, like really up through issue twenty nine, takes place before Forever Evil. hmm uh-huh. So
1: what about that that issue Batman and Robin, <laughs> where where Nightwing suddenly turns up in Gotham? And trying to help Bruce.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't write it. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: do <laughs> That was that was a question I had because I when I reviewed that and I know some people jumped on my back about about that because the whole point is is you know Dick didn't have any money and you know he's right. you know living on shoestrings or whatever and then suddenly he's back in in uh, Gotham to. You know, to help Bruce, and someone's like, "Well, maybe Alfred sent him some money," but it's like, I don't I'm know sure. if he would, he would take. Sure, let's
2: go. You know what? Let's go with that. That's he, good.
1: He, I, I guess he would, but you know, Dick's kind of got a, you know some pride and and all that. Or actually, now after reading Forever Evil, and I know you can't comment on this. He just he just swung from Chicago to Gotham because that's what he did in Forever Evil while he was carrying Mister Zazz. <laughs> So, and um, so you're, you're issue. Right. I cannot comment. No, I'm not asking you to comment. I'm, I'm just trying to think what I can ask you that you'll be. Able to, I, I guess I'm not going to ask you anything. So issue 29. Yes. Tentatively 29 is going to be right for, and then Forever Evil happens. Yep. And then I guess we'll just have to wait and see, like.
2: That's wedding. probably that's probably a very good uh, approach and, uh, and approach to this conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I can't asking. talk about it. I can't say anything about it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, can't. I, you can. You you are more than welcome to. But oh. um, but I'm not gonna respond.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I, I I've I've stated I publicly whatever it's not you know I, I sat outside my house and just yelled like what's going on, um, but I, I've mentioned it you know I'm 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 curious with Forever Evil and again this isn't I'm not asking you anything since you're not writing Forever Evil, mm-hmm. but you know I'm I'm intrigued with the whole notion of it and the idea of it, <clears throat> and even um like we just saw Forever Evil Argus the first issue because like when that was first announced I was like. It's like, do we do we need this miniseries? But then, you know, thinking about it, it's like, well, you know, the heroes are gone, the bad guys are here, so yeah, you know, someone like Argus is gonna step up. Mm-hmm. But as as intrigued as I am, I have to say, and again, I'm not saying this to you, the whole idea of what happens uh and it, I guess people probably know by now, what what happens to Dick Grayson in the first issue. I think that's crazy, and that, that that's what I'm gonna say. I won't ask you your opinion. I won't ask you to comment, but. I don't know what's going on there, so we'll definitely have to wait and see. Now, you've also teased some creator-owned stuff. Yes, on on Twitter, like you <coughs> you announced mm-hmm. the the name of one, I believe. Or
2: well, probably. yeah, the um, the yeah the, the I posted an image uh, a while back that, and I I've said this actually in other places too that um, I'm doing a creator-owned with um, with Rod Reese, Um and uh, and also Alex Siegel, who's um, one of my best friends, and we co-write together uh, from time to time. And we actually, my first first comics I ever wrote, I Alec and I co-wrote uh, at Marvel. Um, so the book is called Cowl, C-O-W-L, and it uh, is a continuation. Of, well, actually, it's it's more a, a kind of reinvention slash uh, adaptation of the short film that I did in college, which was called the league. Um, it's a big 1960s superhero noir. Um, so Rod has this just amazing, uh, style that, um, for, for this project in particular, it's it's just so fitting. It's kind of like this really cool cross between, you know, Bill Sienkiewicz and Phil Noto. So, um, it's, it's a lot of fun and we're, you know, we're, cruising through it uh, right now, actually, and should be uh, more announcements coming up about it pretty soon um, as well as well on the comic front and then maybe something else related to, to cowl and the league um, um, possibly in a, in a different, uh, different medium. Um, um, so, breakfast cereals. Exactly. That'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's any, well, at least I don't, haven't kept it secret that I, you know, come from a, from a directing background and I really want to get back behind the camera again. So, um, you know,
1: what about in front of the camera?
2: That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, like panel, I have no problem doing like on camera interviews or panels this or that, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, no, I'm not, I have no delusions of, of grandeur for acting, (laughs) not, uh, (laughs) Not not something that's in my uh, repertoire, so. But yeah, but then I also have uh, I have I have another project, another creator-owned comic that um, is uh, is coming up that, you know, we're hoping we're hoping to start talking about it. Um, in the uh, the plan is to start talking about it in very early uh, 2014.
1: So. Now now what what's the what, what's the deciding factor like? when is it a matter of of getting all the the like contracts or whatever details or is it getting a you know, certain point in the like scripting or art or
2: it's both actually um it's uh yeah there's some contract stuff right now um that we're we're sorting through but then also from a from a creative standpoint like i'm writing I'm writing a. I'm writing a lot right now, actually, uh-huh. um, and uh, so, you know, this the, the creator note stuff is is a, a total blast and it's so fulfilling, um, but you know, it's not. Uh, it, it's something that's kind of on the back burner at this moment as I, you know, wrap some other things and um, and and you know, work on Nightwing and Batman Beyond stuff, um, so we I want to get us you know a bit further along um before we really announce anything the other project the the one that's not cowl um has has taken me kind of quite a bit of time to figure out actually um it's uh, like a, it's a really big world building uh type of project um and it's very different from anything I've done before um so it's it's really that, I mean, that aspect's really exciting. Uh, it's also very, uh, it's very scary. So, um, you know, (laughs) I wanted to make sure that I gotten it right, uh, from the, from the early stages, um, before really kind of going forth and telling the world about it and which I guess we're kind of doing, talking about it right now, even in vague terms. Um, but, um, but yeah, hopefully, like I said, early, uh, plan is early early 2014 to start talking uh more about uh both projects. Okay, both sounds Both books.
1: So, sounds cool. We'll definitely be looking forward to that. Okay, so I imagine you probably need to get back to all oh, sounds like you got plenty of work on your plate.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: So, we'll let you get back to all that writing and and we'll, we'll keep an eye out for any elephants in Chicago with Nightwing.
2: <laughs> All right. That sounds good, man.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Kyle. So everyone needs to be checking out Nightwing. Um, I should have looked up when the next issue w- – what week is that? You know what, what week book that is?
2: I have no idea. It comes out uh, – it, it used to be a week three book, and then it moved to week two, and it it may have moved back to week three. I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, that's right. So let's see. Actually, I don't think it's the week two. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm trying to load up on DC's site. Here we go. Find out. Um, so it comes out on the 13th, and it's a zero-year tie-in. You want to say anything real quick about that? Are there going to be elephants in there?
2: Uh, there are no elephants, no. But, oh, wait. Uh, there might be, actually. It's a
1: zero-year healing yeah, well, circus. I'm
2: thinking- <laughs> There's one shot in particular that I'm thinking about that may have an elephant. Okay. But now I'm not sure.
1: So there is there's our exclusive. There yeah. may or may not be an elephant
2: <laughs> in Nightwing 25.
1: Okay, so that's on November 13th and then uh in a couple weeks or a week and a half um next the final chapter of the first rewire arc in Batman Beyond. Yes. 2.0 yes. 2.0
2: yeah, and uh, I can't uh, can't recommend Batman Beyond enough. Yes, yeah. it's, um, it's it's a it's a really cool gig, and uh, you know I'm I'm really proud of what we're doing in it. Actually, like I'm yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I wholeheartedly approve of it. You know, as, as a big fan of the show, and I think I've told you like my daughter. I think my daughter likes Batman Beyond more than she likes the animated series.
2: Well, your daughter has great taste.
1: Yeah, and she really she really likes that that opening, which is you know it's a little dark. Oh, the Darwin Cook opening? Yeah. She, she she just really likes it. And so I was like, okay, that, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Kyle. We'll talk soon.
2: All um, right. Sounds good, man. Until next time. All right.
1: Talk okay. Soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are now talking to Matt offering Hey. Hey, Tony. Um, I think this is being recorded.
3: <laughs> this call is now being recorded.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're trying something different to kind of make up for last week. I think it was last week and, and hopefully this audio will, will sound all right. I do have to say these headphones I'm using, uh, to talk to you, I can't hear myself through the headphones, but I can hear you through the headphones. So it's like, I'm, I'm talking, you know when you have headphones on and you're talking to someone I don't know if I'm talking yeah. like really loud <laughs> cuz I have headphones on
3: No you're 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 fine on the on the modulation
1: <laughs> Well I might need that since last week I could barely be heard So how oh, you doing Matt?
3: I'm I'm doing a, I'm on lunch break from work right now
1: Yeah so this is this is kind of like a last minute test we're going to see how, yeah. how this works Um but I got some questions we some stuff we can talk about I got some you... answers. Okay. Uh, first, I I'm curious. How do you feel about comic delays?
3: Um, it depends. Uh, this is something I think we've uh, talked about before on the podcast, but um, <clears throat> depending on the book, it's uh, it can be a good thing. Like Saga had a pretty big delay. Like I think it was like two three months, but I mean all in all, it worked. Out for the better because you don't want to get things rushed. Uh, then think, again, there's things. Oh, sorry. I ahead. just
1: want yeah, I want, to, I want to cut you off there because I do think with Saga they, I think they kind of build that as like a hiatus. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not like all of a sudden it's like, where's the book? So I I think. Yeah, we knew it was coming. Yeah, they they said you know we're gonna take off a couple couple months, and I I know um, I think uh like Kelly Sue said she's doing that on um on Pretty Deadly. But, you know, yeah. her, and, her and Emma Rios are going to, you know, do an arc, go off, do s- some other stuff, come back. And I don't know if, if, I think Ed Brubaker might be doing the same thing for Velvet. So that's like, it is a delay, but at least you know up front. Yeah. Okay. And it's
3: not like, you know, Ultimate Wolverine and Hulk, which had like a, what, a three-year delay in between issues.
1: <laughs> I still haven't read the end of that. It's bad. Uh, yeah, and I liked I,
3: it though. It was it was Francis Lin-Yu's art, so I was just kind of like yay. But other than that, I was like boo. Yeah,
1: I, I even have the the motion comic thing. I was like, well, maybe. Well, the oh, the, re- yeah. the reason I didn't read it because when it came out is is you know I I I bought all the issues, but since it was mm-hmm. such a delay, I had no idea where my issues were because you know I have no organization yeah. system, so it's like no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, well, maybe if if I find these issues. That you know, I I could read them, and then read the last was it three issues or two issues or whatever it was. Um,
3: last two, I think.
1: Yeah, but that never happened. And then I got the the DVD for the motion comic, and I was gonna watch that. I was like, oh, here's a way now I can finally find out, you know, what happened. And but I never even got a chance to watch that. So um, the, the reason I bring this up is because Mana or not Mana. I, I got Man of Steel sitting in front of me. Um, the movie. Yeah,
3: I know you do. I saw the picture. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I've made it clear how I feel about it. And you know, I didn't hate the movie. I just didn't like.
3: Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna bring it up. So obviously, I will, you know, do some coverage on the Blu-ray. I'm not gonna. There's yeah. no, no reason at all for me to focus on the movie unless more. If it's about how. The, the transfer to the video to sound, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I, I didn't hate the movie, but there's, I had had obvious issues with some things. So I'm, I'm clear as clear I'm clear curious, curious about the, the special features. Cause there's nearly four hours of special features. Really? That's what it says on the back.
3: But sometimes four hours means like, like what did PA Paul do the whole time? Like we took cameras and followed him around for an hour. And then another hour is like, what was the craft service table like? Like sometimes that, that extra four hours kind of sucks.
1: And, and I, sometimes it seems like they include the commentary, which you, some people love the commentary, but like, let's say you have a two hour movie. Are they counting two hours with a commentary as two hours of special features? Are are you I don't think
3: they do that.
1: Yeah. That would be just crazy. Um, are, Are you a fan of the commentary?
3: It depends on the director and writer or whoever's on the commentary like um it's not a comic book but like my favorite commentary is probably the Mr. Show uh that Mr. Show which was on HBO was a sketch comedy show Bob Odenkirk and David Cross were the stars of it and they did the commentary over their own episodes which sometimes was better than the actual episode so it depends how much fun like the writers and directors or whoever's on the commentary are having while they're doing it
1: Yeah um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't often watch commentary. One is because I don't have the time, and and two yeah. b- because of that, you know, it, it depends. I, I know I I listened some commentary for um I think it was like the first season of South Park,
0: because
1: because uh-huh. I, I remember something happened. Maybe I don't know if it was a whole season or not, but something happened and didn't have time to include the commentary on there. So uh-huh. if you sent in like a proof of purchase from a DVD. They would send you the commentary on on CDs, and then okay. <laughs> you pop in the movie, you pop in the CD in <laughs> the CD player, and you sync them up and you listen to the commentary over it.
3: So you gotta like riff tracks it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was, was kind of weird. Um, I do remember watching the commentary on on Serenity, and and I, and the part that really comes to mind was this one scene where they talked about the lighting, and you know I never really uh-huh. thought about. How they they captured lighting because it was it was like a dark scene but you know to, you know a lot of times when, when they light up like just half of a person's face yeah it's, it's like how the heck did they do that and you know obviously there's there's ways to do it but you know if if yeah. you you try taking a picture of that you know with your iPhone or whatever it's like you can't capture that that same lighting no no you know, so it was just it was like the the most technical you know part of the commentary probably that wasn't really going into the story or the actors or anything like that. But I was yeah. just like, fat I was like, wow, I never really thought about that. And just, you know, yeah. So, <laughs> so that was it. Um, but anyways, as what I meant to say is, uh, Superman Unchained is, is, is out. that getting delayed? No, 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 that, that's out this week. Okay. Um, and I know some people are a little concerned about that. You know, they're, they're talking about the, the delays, but it's not really, um that delayed it just yeah. feels like it so if i look up the last issue so issue 4 comes out this week issue 3 was out on august 21st ooh so it does seem like a long time but september was villain's month so there there it wasn't going to come yeah, out anyway that's right and then originally it was supposed to come out last week which was the last week of october but something happened and, um, it got pushed back. It's, it's coming out this week. And, um, you know, cause I, I believe, you know, obviously the issue's done or everything like that. But, um, yeah. I saw a comment where someone said that at New York Comic Con, you know, they were showing off pages and stuff in one of the panels. So that's, that's why I, I bring it up, you know, and, and there's also the fact that Jim Lee had another kid or his wife did not. not not Jim himself well
3: he also had the kid I'm pretty sure he was a big part of that,
1: yeah, so you know he had a kid, and plus the fact that you know he kind of has a day job, I don't know exactly you know what what his hours are you know what what he puts in yeah, but so I don't know, I mean, and some people are, are, are kind of critiquing that, but the way i I look at it is you know would you rather have a comic delayed or would you rather have someone like and i I feel like we did just talk about this or right? talking about with someone you know. Would you want some? we to talk about it. Maybe we talk about. it we talk about it last week? It's like it rehashing.
0: Something.
1: <laughs> well, maybe people couldn't hear us last week, so so it's good if we bring it up here. Um, hey, you know, uh, speaking of Wolverine versus Hulk, I just found it sitting right here. That's so weird that it's like right <laughs> on top. It
3: basically appeared from it's,
1: you. on this. My my desk at home is 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 horrible, and I get to stack. There's like some Blu-rays. Got like Batman the movie, to Lego, um, Flashpoint Paradox, and then
3: Wolverine maybe you take versus. you take a Hulk. picture of it? Take a picture of your desk and have that be the image for the podcast.
1: Oh, it's 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 bad. Um, and then now, especially now, I'm I'm recording this on my PC laptop, and I got my Mac laptop in the screen, and um, I need to make space on my desk because I, I want to put the statue up on my desk, but I I have no room for it. So, but anyways, I would much rather comic be delayed. Then have someone else swoop in and you know just some fill in, and especially where it's yeah. something like that, if 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 it's uh, Scott Snyder and Jim Lee's book, yeah. it would just be weird to you know bring someone else in. You know even if if, yeah. if they were like a really kick ass artist, it just it would just seem weird. Unless it got to the point where it's like, hey, it's it's going to be like four months until the next issue. Then you know maybe something needs to happen there. Yeah. But I, I don't know, yeah, I don't I,
3: like villain artists at all i, I well I don't say I shouldn't say I don't like villain artists those I, those artists I'm sure are great, you know, but when when there's a giant noticeable change in the book because you're bringing in someone else and it's rushed, it takes away from the story and it just takes away from the book as a whole and you know it kind of turns you off from the book too sometimes, so I'd rather have it be delayed personally,
1: yeah so i'm just, I'm just just curious how other people feel it's you know. They, and I also think you know there are some creators that you can be forgiving with, and you know, and, yeah, and it's also you know the other circumstances. It's it's you know I think a lot of people joked or brought up you know, with, with Jim Lee, you know, would would he yeah. be able to keep up with it? And if, again, the fact is you know he has another job and and all this other stuff. So you know maybe that's something DC should consider, but. I'm I'm okay with that in, in this case, but I also don't want to set the precedent that says, "Oh, if your book is late, you know, that's fine. It's not yeah. a big deal." So it, it's just, I guess, it's kind of a Jim Lee deserves a, a special treatment. <laughs> I'll make the exception right. for him. But also, um, I, I may I shouldn't bring this up, but uh, you know, because. I saw in a comment that someone said it's like, oh well, he was also late on on All Star Batman and Robin, but I had heard, and you know, by no official means at all, yeah. uh, that it wasn't necessarily his fault that the book had its delays or never ended.
0: I
3: heard that it was a certain writer's fault.
1: Yeah. So
3: heard again, rumor mill.
1: Yeah. So I don't know, we'll see. But I, I'm I'm really curious to see where where Superman Unchained is gonna go.
3: I'm actually really liking it, and I don't, and I'm not the biggest Superman fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean the creative team on it, I'm really excited about. I like where the stories go going, going. I like the new. I forgot the new character's name already, since it's Wrath. been so long. Wrath, Wrath. That's right.
1: Wrath. Wraith. Wrath. I
3: keep, No, Wraith. Wraith was Detective Comics, and then Wrath is Superman Unchained. Yeah. I think.
1: It's not like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Wrath. Um, yeah, and it's also, it's, it's, it's Lex Luthor, you know, he, cause it landed with a cliffhanger, if people don't remember, where, you know, he breaks out of jail.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he, he's, he's like kind of controlling himself with that uh-huh. like weird suit thing. And then he, he goes and, and kind of confronts, uh, Jimmy Olsen. Hmm. So, and I gotta then. gotta
3: reread that now.
1: Yeah, so it's like, what's going to happen? Why is Lex going after Jimmy? So, there you go. Speaking of of Man of Steel.
0: <laughs> um,
1: oh, here we go. I, no, no, here no, no. no. Uh, I don't know if if you had a chance to read the Fox from uh, Red Circle Comics, which is Archie Comics. Um, so it was a uh, uh, Mark Wade scripted it, and and Dean Haspiel um, wrote it and did the art. No, I didn't. So, read So so the the Fox is he's he's kind of like a. You know, like the the red circle characters, like the shield, and um, I, I, I'm drawing a blank now. Like like the the hangman, all all these characters. They 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 <laughs> keep they, they're like these like Silver Age characters, and they were re- revived. There's like the spider, all these other weird characters. They were revived by um, DC for a little bit in the '80s under Impact Comics.
0: But then, okay. but then okay.
1: that went away, and then um, Archie recently brought him back. There's a, I think it was a new Crusaders. It was like a six issue miniseries that that my daughter actually really liked, even though I mean it was it was borderline. I mean it w- wasn't clearly for kids, but it kind of had a more kid friendly um, angle. But, but you know there was there's yeah. a couple kind of heavy parts. So anyways, so that the Fox is this another revival character we re- return. Um, there is this moment. In there, and it's it's not really spoiler where the fox he's like fighting this creature person and like snaps their neck, and he's like okay. he's like I learned this in a in a superhero movie. And he's like, man, they don't make those for kids anymore, do they? So I mean, it, it was hilarious. You
3: stood up and applauded. You had your little <laughs> moment with the book.
1: I was like, like that's I mean, because you know I I don't know who who came up with that, but you know Mark Wade scripted it, and you know Mark right. Wade. Voice his opinions on the movie too. So anyway, in, um, best stuff in comics this week, I referenced that as, as the best Man of Steel reference. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't make a big deal about that, you know, anything like that. But, uh, Archie or, um, Red Circle Comics, they referenced, they tweeted it that it was mentioned in that video. So I'm like, ugh. Anyways, I didn't write it, so I guess I shouldn't feel bad about. Outing that, what happened? I just thought it was funny that, that they they brought attention to that.
3: Another another jab for Tony at Man of Steel.
1: Yeah, it wasn't me. I I just it was a comic I read. So there we go. Um, let's see. But speaking of real questions, let's look what, at
3: what does the fox say? Ha ha! I did it. I gave a, a a dumb video reference.
1: Uh, here's one from. Fender X. Actually, no, not not gonna do Fenderix. I'm gonna do the mantis shrimp.
3: Oh, I know mantis shrimp.
1: You do? Yeah.
3: Not personally, but from the website. Okay.
1: So he says, "Hey, G-Man and guest. I don't think we did this one." Um. He says, "I well, do. We do this one. I have a question about organizing comics. We didn't do that last week, right? No, we didn't do it last week. I want to reorganize my and you." <laughs> Probably a better better um, insight on this than I do. I so Shrimp says I want to reorganize my comics without using cardboard long boxes. Do you have any recommendations about how to organize comics in something more sturdy? Maybe some kind of modified filing cabinets.
3: Um, I have a whole shelf system on my. See, I still have them in short boxes though, but I have them um, all in uh, on like a, a shelving system in my closet. Then the short boxes are in there, so I don't because the one thing you do not want to do when it comes to like putting your comics away is stack these boxes on top of each other. Why is because that? Because the weight on the because the weight on the bottom can crush the boxes. I know they're supposed to be sturdy, <laughs> but if you have these things for years and years and years, sometimes the weight will take its toll and you could smash your books.
1: Huh. Um, I have them stacked. I, they, I think like three high.
3: I, if I had to do it, it would be a stack of about five high right now because my rooms are kind of small at the house.
1: Yeah, I, but, I uh, might have I might have a couple that are four high, but I think I think I have them three high.
3: There is something called drawer boxes. Again, this is cardboard. You can get them in kind of this plastic polymer type thingy, um, but it looks like a short box except you can pull them out. They usually cost about twice as much as like a short box would. So if your short box, is your LCS is costing about. $5, let's say a short box a short drawer box will cost 10 they look really really nice and i think the plastics go for 12 um but you got to realize if you're not going to want to use short boxes or long boxes you're going to have to invest more money into you know your organization so be prepared to show up big bucks or do what i do and just buy a house that already has shelves in it <laughs> that, that are perfect size for short boxes
1: yeah, it's bad. Cause I mean, I I'm doing like the another bad thing is I have my my comics in the garage.
3: Oh come which, on, you is, can't do that.
1: Well, I I can't. I mean, if you see my desk, I got stacks of comics in here, uh, and I have like most of my hardcovers like on. I have some shelves in the closet, but they're And the the surprising thing is, so I've I've been in this house for ten years. They've sat out yeah. there for ten years, and every once in a while, you know, I'll pull out an old random comic. They're yeah. still in good shape. And, you know, and yeah, I'm in Northern California where it doesn't rain year-round, but it does rain, you know, during the winter months. And, yeah. you know, and, and you know, it does get pretty warm. So, you know, I know the humidity is supposed to be bad and stuff, but I, I, I do have them in the long boxes. I do have yeah. some in the, the Mylar bags, not all, because, you know, they're, they're, it got to a point where I just stopped bagging them. You know, I didn't have time to do that. And yeah. I also have. A bunch of comics, like just in an old like armoire, where they're they're just they're just stacked in there, and and you know they, I I like alternate them like because you know you you can't just stack them regularly because no. then it, it starts to, to curve and then they'll like tip over and you have a big mess. So I do like sometimes alternate them, and that's kind of how I have them at the office, you know, because I, I do have a bunch of long boxes from before we moved to, to CBS, but since yeah. Since March of 2012, or I guess April 2012, they've just been stacked on my desk, and I finally uh-huh. moved a bunch into this empty office, like right next to our work area, uh-huh. and and so so it, it's a horrible um, system, but there is some sort of organization. The way I have it is is they're basically organized by week, so if uh-huh. if. Like if if I wanted to read, let's say Batman. Okay, so Batman 25 is coming out this month. Let's say it's like, oh, I want to go back and look at Batman 24. Then I know I need to go back theoretically four four stacks, four weeks, because I I alternate uh, each week. Now it just depends if if there is a fifth week in the month, you know, so I may have to go yeah. back five stacks. But then you know I can still find them. And then the problem is once I pull that comic out, do I put it back in that that same spot?
3: Tony, this is very convoluted. You should just put them in boxes in alphabetical order. I don't
1: have I, I one, I need to get boxes. And two, I need I need someone to organize all these. It's just it's it's crazy.
3: Do so. it, do it. see once a month on a Saturday I spend a good morning putting books away, organizing. Well right now I've been organizing. I just have everything bagged and board. I do bags and boards, then usually put everything away. So I take one Saturday at the end of the month or beginning, to depending on when I can get to it, to just put everything away and spend time organizing and sometimes selling books too. So.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean it, it, it's it's it it's 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 just hard to to have so many comics and that's that's the the good thing about digital comics, but yeah, I don't know if I could ever go full on digital. I mean it, it would be convenient in some ways because uh, especially on Wednesday now that the digital comics are released. At least out yeah. here, it's usually like um like around like 5 a.m. like or 5:30. Like sometimes before I leave my house in the morning, I'll I'll download a couple comics and I'll read like on the ferry. Yeah. Uh, versus and then because the comic store does out here, the one I go to doesn't open until 11 a.m. Yeah. And, and you know so at that point, you know 11 a.m. West Coast time. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to. You know get the reviews out you know before it's it's too late in the day and all that. So yeah. there is an advantage of digital, but, but at the same time, it's, it's also nice having the physical copy. And then, and then there's a whole, so they can
0: whole, sit on your desk,
1: so they can sit on my desk <laughs> yep. and, and, and then have to try to find them. So, um, but yeah, so, so I guess that kind of answers the question. So there's, there's a right way and then there's my way and how to, there's how
3: to, My way and then Tony's way.
1: Yeah. But I, I think you know, just like having a file cabinet something like that would work. But the main thing is making sure that they, because you can't just use a regular filing cabinet because it's not the right size, no. and you'd you need some way to keep them flat and sturdy instead of like curling up. So unless you, know, you just always
3: bag and board your books, yeah, just bag and be extra, you know, cautious with them. Keep them in the best shape you can. It doesn't matter if you're planning on selling them or. Giving away, like you may want to go back and read them in thirty years if you still have them, and you'll be happy that they're in great shape down the road.
1: Yeah. Or you know maybe your local comic shop bags and boards them for you. Because I remember I, I I used to go to some comic shop that would do that. You they would you know give it to you for free like the bag and the board, and they would just do it like you know you're at the register and they would like, bloop bloop bloop. But imagine having to do that. If, if, like, you were selling comics and you had to bag and board all their comics.
3: I would hate that so much.
1: But it, it's the extra effort. It's customer service.
3: With a smile, maybe.
1: Yeah. And a dance. In a dance. All right. Hazmat103 says, hey, G-Man and friends, my question for you is, if Freddy Krueger was a supervillain, you know who Freddy Krueger is, right?
3: I'm I was born in the 80s. I I early 80s, I know. <laughs>
1: um so if he was a super villain, which and I, I already have an answer for this. Which universe do you think he would fit in to the best? Marvel or DC? Oh ma'am. Oh, I guess I thought I you would have an answer right away.
3: I'd go I'd go DC, but that's basically because uh Vertigo and Sandman exist and mm-hmm. he would fit in there as kind of like an antagonist to uh, to Sandman. Okay. And,
1: death. and then there's, I, I see, I, I was thinking DC, but because you have Justice League Dark.
3: Yeah. You know, you yeah. Have,
1: have that whole angle, I, I think you could fit in there. Because um, Hazmat 103 also says, what Rose galler- gallery would he be a part of? So you say Sandman.
3: Well, I, I actually, I'm going to move over to Justice League Dark. I like that answer better.
1: <laughs> Stealer That would be interesting. Yeah, so- it's like, w- would Sandman just obliterate Freddy Krueger? It's like, what are you doing?
3: Maybe beneath
1: him. <laughs> uh, he he might you know he's like treading on his territory because that was the whole thing with the like, Corinthian. I, I remember like their encounter before, and um, yeah, spoiler you know there there's
3: I'm covering my ears.
1: Haven't you? Did you read um Salmon Overture yet? Oh
3: yeah, yeah I read the first issue yeah, but yeah. I don't have the uh. Sorry, go
1: ahead. Where he he kind of like not necessarily threatens him, but he kind of does. It's like hey yeah. don't make me you know. And then he's like, okay. Um, Hazmat103 says, in his opinion, he thinks Freddy Krueger would fit well as a Marvel villain, or in Marvel, as a villain for Spider-Man.
3: I would have said a villain for Sleepwalker.
1: Yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't even remember. God, what it, he,
3: he was in a, an Avenging Spider-Man issue. It was actually pretty good.
1: Yeah. I, I just like, because w- what was, was he just from another dimension?
3: Sleepwalker, I have no idea about his origin.
1: So that was that thing. It's like, it's like, yeah, we could just... I know,
3: I know, he's a '90s character, or maybe late yeah. '80s, but
1: he's, and it was, he's
3: very '90s.
1: I think it was Brett Blevins that
3: Blevins.
1: That I think that did, did uh, the art.
3: Brett Blevins.
1: Um, yeah, so. He's in the Mindscape, a world where strange creatures live that borders on the minds of all intelligent life. There's a force of beings that protect the sleeping minds of all humans. Hmm. Um, So it says one of the beings that protects the human minds, what humans called Sleepwalker, was tricked by his enemy, Cobweb, into entering the mind of Rick Sheridan. So okay, there you go. We're
3: on the same page.
1: Yeah. So Brett Blevins was, yeah, well, he was the artisan. it was Bob Bud but- was the writer.
0: So all right.
1: There, they, there you go. Um. So let me get back to <laughs> where it was. Um. But for Spider-Man, I don't know. I mean, how often does Spider-Man sleep? I guess that that's the main thing. You know, because Freddy can only attack while they're sleeping.
3: Well, he can get them when they're well. They usually like I don't know. I was gonna say like you can get them when they're sleep deprived, but they always fall asleep. And then he's like pizza for two, and then his hand is a pizza that
1: slices them open. Did you see the newer uh, Freddy Nightmare movie, the remake? Yeah,
3: the Rorschach guy. I actually liked him as Freddy Krueger, but I don't know. It's a really cheesy character. It's a very very eighties like horror character that does not translate too well into the future.
1: Yeah I I never saw that. I mean
3: It's interesting. I'd give it a watch. I recommend it.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll see. Be hard. I'm sure there's no Johnny Depp cameo either.
3: No, Johnny, De- Johnny Depp is not getting sucked uh, through a waterbed.
1: <laughs> All right. This is one from Super Jedi 17. Uh, Here we go. So, he's a hey G man. Thanks for your thoughts on the Joker Bat's brother thoughts. So, he had brought up earlier um like what if the joker was batman's brother or something like that you know how, like uh-huh. it would be crazy and everything like that and i i basically said cuz he um super jedi 17 says I understand why you wouldn't like it um it could be an interesting like else worlds like exploration yeah but obviously there is absolutely no way you could ever you know do that that would just be too forced too yeah. contrived and you know it'd just be like like really like if all the people his brother happens to be, you know. So, anyways,
3: who, who did the wait? Who did the run of Batman's brother? Was that Gates of Gotham? In? No, it wasn't Gates of Gotham.
1: Court of Owls. Is that what you're talking Was
3: about? That Court of Owls. Yeah. I can't remember. Everything's starting to blend together between like pre fifty two and new fifty two now.
1: Yeah. So that that or just Batman's happened.
3: supposed brother that his mom hid. I, I got to read Court of Owls again.
1: Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's um.
3: been it's been over a year.
1: Yeah. So he said uh, maybe Mr. Snyder can write an Elseworlds tale with that dynamic, like he said. And here's my question: What are your three favorite Nightwing story arcs and trades from his solo pre-52 series? I may get one considering the steep prices. Uh, So the question is: What what trades are available, and what do they contain?
3: Most of the later Nightwing stuff, towards when it ended, I think from like a uh, one year later and on, is available in trade. Hmm. So you shouldn't have too much of a problem with that.
1: Um, so I'm I'm looking on on Amazon, and here's one. There's a ten dollar and forty nine cents Kindle edition. Um, so it's Nightwing: Old Friends. For for writers, they have Mar- Marv Wolfman. Listed. Okay. So that, that could be good. Uh, Nightwing is busting a group of criminals when he discovers his old friend and ally, Speedy, has come into town looking for him. He needs Dick's help to track down Cheshire, the mother of Roy's child. Then, in a second adventure, teaming together to two Teen Titans, Nightwing and Speedy get caught up in a war between two rival gangs. So, um, it, it would be nice if this description said, like, what actual... Issues.
3: Issues. It was.
1: You know, so you can try to, you know, track it down. Um, but I would
3: say uh, because I have I have my favorite or some of the ones I like a lot memorized. Um, it was, oh god, I can't remember if it was before, after, one year later. I think it was right before one year later. It's called, I think it's called Vigilante. It's when Dick goes undercover to work for. It's been a long time since I read it, but undercover to work for Black Mask.
1: Yeah, he's wearing like. Like the brownish-reddish?
3: The brown-red, yeah. I love that run. Um, I also like One Year Later for, not because it's good, but because it's like, it's, it's so insane.
0: Oh, then man. I
3: turn, um Jason Tana into that, like, burping slime monster. mm mm-hmm. But the, but the actual battle between building up to that between Dick and Jason Todd was really like that was interesting. I really liked the you know the fight between them.
1: It was just weird because it really made Jason unstable, which is yeah. kind of good good and bad in a way because uh, you know I I remember writing an article about Jason Todd's like you know should he be a hero or villain and I got the impression that some people feel that he should be evil, you know yeah. after what happened to him and. My my feeling of him, which is why I'm okay with him being more of a kind of distant hero in in the New 52, is you know he he wanted to be a hero, you know he he had some problems, you know he didn't get along, he was angry or whatever, but then uh-huh. being Robin and then being killed is like obviously you know there's a whole thing about Batman letting him die or not avenging him all that, yeah, and so he was angry about that. And then the whole stuff with Nightwing is like, then he's in New York and he's like posing as Nightwing, so that was kind of weird. But then again, it's it's like he's trying to redeem himself in a way. You know, this was after he was the Red Hood, so it's it's yeah. like he's he's trying to um, do, you know, he's trying to be a, be good again. So he, of course he's going to take on Dick's identity because that's what he did yeah. before. So it's just all kind of weird. And that, but I didn't like the ending and with the.
3: Oh, the ending is so bad.
1: The, the 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 brother and the sister and some guy and I don't even remember what what there was. Um, but there's Nightwing Year One. Apparently, that is not in print because on Amazon, a new copy is 122 dollars.
3: I think I have a single issues of that laying around somewhere.
1: Yeah, used copy a four is 40 issue
3: miniseries.
1: I these I wonder if these are on um on uh Comicsology or the DC app. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because then there's a uh, volume six, big guns by Chuck Dixon. That's only twenty two fifty. So that looks like that's still in print. Um, Any, yeah, I, I, the, the Chuck Dixon, Scott McDaniel. I think those, those were all good.
3: I like the Dixon stuff. Um, God, towards the end before, um, before RAP, it was getting really rough. Okay. So what happened?
1: Go, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say because I found that Renegade one. I was going to correct you, but I didn't want to correct you because I wasn't sure. Um, I think he's working for uh, Deathstroke.
3: Yeah, he's working with uh, S- uh, Slade's daughter. Okay. Yeah, like I said, it's been a long time since I've read that. But like – okay. Yeah, you're right. And because was, Black Mask was dead at that point. I think so, yeah. Because Catwoman killed him supposedly.
1: Was it Catwoman? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm this a little, is, I'm a little fuzzy.
1: Yeah, this is written by Devin Grayson with art by Andre Parks. Yes. Because I remember they, they actually they made a uh, Nightwing action f- hero or action hero action figure variant on that a design. A Yeah.
3: Yeah. I and never I ended but, up getting
1: it. Because I got it. I, I was like, at first when I saw it, I was like, wow, they made a new 52 variant. I was, I was like, you know, because this was like before. Yeah. I, I saw it the summer before the New 52. So I was, I was like, oh, he's he's in a brown costume. That's kind of weird. But then I was like, wait a minute. I was like, it's not really New 52. I was just kind of fooling myself. Yeah, um, my
3: dog's making really weird noises. So if you hear that in the background, I'm sorry.
1: Uh-huh.
3: My dog's very sick.
1: Um, it's just like you were. right? Was I sick? Weren't you sick? I don't know.
3: When? I, thought, I don't
1: know. I thought you were sick recently.
3: Oh, no. That was something different. That I talked
1: to you about. I don't remember uh,
3: outside outside of Comic Vine. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. Um, Isn't like everyone's sick lately? Someone else was sick, I think. I remember. I can't keep track Corey of who's sick. sick. Yeah, yeah maybe that was, sick. was it. Well, Corey was sick too. Yeah, Corey was sick for a while, and then, which is why he hasn't been on the podcast because he was sick. And then there was New York, and then, I think the next week he had to open a store, or something like that. Um, but, and he's going back to the question, I I can't really think of any other, um, like specific Nightwing stories. I mean, there's been so many good Nightwing runs and stories, but I can't really think of, like, a specific arc that jumps off the top of my head besides saying, like, that his entire, for the most part, you know, the 150-whatever-issue run that that was.
3: 153, 154. Something like that. (laughs) Um... I'm a Nightwing fan, but pre-52-wise, it's rough. Like, when I say it's rough, I mean there's – everything's okay. Aside from Renegade, I can't think of anything that stands out, which just means it was all right. Like, everything's just okay. I could go to my – probably my lawn boxes and explain something I enjoyed a little bit more than others. But Nightwing, to me, has been a character that has had a long run of just decent – Cypher from Renegade. and I like, I like, really like the Chicago arc that Kyle Higgins did as well.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm a huge Teen Titans fan. And,
2: yeah,
1: and I, I, I don't care what people say, I, I like disco costume Nightwing. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, just Sometimes that. Sometimes you just uh, got a party. And and you know, especially you know, um, the the Marv Wolfman George Perez run. I mean, yeah. that that was just phenomenal. And then, um, speaking of, of Teen Titans which the unfortunate news i don't know if you heard who passed away this weekend the
3: that Nick, was Nick Cardi yeah he was he did a bunch of aquaman stuff too
1: yeah he and he did like some teen titan stuff and he did lots of stuff he did a lot of covers which i actually yeah. have some like stuff from like the 70s i i think i mentioned it before um when we were packing up the whiskey media office to um to get stuff to ship over to CBS,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this weird, creepy back storage place that like I had never been to at that office, you know I, I found some a couple of our stuff from like Sausalito when we were there, yeah. but there is this this stack of old comics and and most of them are like from um from the seventies, I don't know where these comics came from but it, it's weird because this stack of comics is so incredibly light. It's like the the pages have air compressed in between each single sheet. It's 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 just it's, this weirdest feeling. But some of those those comics uh, have covers that are, are done by Nick Hardy. The thing is, and the unfortunate thing is, a lot of these like older comics they don't they don't really credit him. So when when you look yeah. at like the inside issue, you're because I'm looking at it's like. Was this really him? Yeah. Um, yeah so it's 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 weird. The second question, so we t- kind of took a long time on on that one, from Super Jedi Seventeen it says, "Does it seem strange that Dark Horse hasn't made that many of the big Star Wars events in novels? Yuzan Vong, um, Darth Kitus, etc. I prefer comics to books. The visual helps move the story along instead of reading four sentences." to paint a picture in your head and what's happening. You could actually see it happen in a few panels. Not to mention that some comic art is beautiful, cool, awesome. Has Dark Horse ever stated why they seem more in line to make original comics instead of drawing from their vast pool of novel history? I won't lie. I'm mostly asking because I'm a big fan of the original crew. Um, please show up in Episode mm-hmm. 7. And most of their adventures are novels. So let's just say I lack imagination. Novels require a bit of it. Thoughts. Thanks again. So I've been um, – I'm like – been keeping up with the, the, the novels, the the extended stuff. And it's, it's crazy to stuff. So yeah, like the, the Yuzhan Vong, they did do, um, a mini series. I think it was called invasion, but it wasn't, it wasn't from any of the actual novels. I think Luke like hardly appeared. The, the Yuzhan Vong were these, this alien race from outside the universe. They, they kind of stumbled on, on into, um, the star Wars universe. You know they're like on the edge or whatever, um, wherever the the border line is, and you know they 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 cross the barrier somehow or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what what made them different? I mean they were like extremely anti technology. It's like they, okay. they they hated droids. They were they were droids were abominations. Uh, and their vessels were like living creatures. So they would like travel Ooh. inside these. They would like grow these these ships and stuff. But they're really okay. they were they were all alive. And like they're. Their, their communication devices were like these weird things too. And, um, what made them more dangerous than that is they, they couldn't be affected or detected in the force. Okay. So that that caused a big problem and they're the reason why Chewbacca died and, and other stuff, you know, cause they, they could like destroy whole planets and all those crazy things, but yeah, I mean, and, and that yeah. and Darth Kitus, which I will not say who Darth Kytus is, but that was a, a huge, huge story, and a big impact on, on even like, the main Star Wars characters, that, that we all know, it would be great mm-hmm. to, see those adapted, but, and you know, because they did do, um, they recently, I think they did, uh, what was it, the, the, the one, was it, Heir to the Empire? I don't know, I think they adapted that, I don't know what, what the reason is, why they, they don't adapt these, because there, there's, so many great stories but maybe they
3: probably because you got to pay out these other writers
1: yeah because you have to pay the author in some way and then you know you're going to get yeah. someone else to adapt it so you're paying an extra i don't know but but then it's like whoever's adapting it you don't have maybe you don't pay them the full writing rate because they're not creating it yeah. from scratch you know they'll have to flesh it out a little and you know convert it to so it fits in the Comic script. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there's some good Star Wars comics like that we're seeing, and there's just been a lot that I just I can't get into, and especially like the the old Republic stuff. I don't I don't know what it is. That's that's. I've just, never
3: read any of that.
1: I tried some, and they're okay, but I you know I never really played the game, so they just were never really my yeah. thing. So I don't know. I'm just curious what's going to happen eventually like how long will dark horse be able to change
3: the title <laughs>
1: yeah because you know brian wood star wars is is great um and then gabriel hardman has the star wars legacy which you know i think it's like an issue i'm thinking like seven or eight um
3: i think seven came out last week i stopped reading at five
1: i'm i'm behind on that i'll admit but i i like the idea so i, I don't know i mean now that disney owns it you know I I don't know if I could see, you know, as as, even though Marvel puts out a lot of good stuff, I don't know if I can see them doing Star Wars.
3: They did. They they had like a hundred something issue run back in the uh, late '80s, mid '80s. Yeah,
1: and they were kind of cheesy. I I actually, in in that stack of comics I have, I have one copy there. Uh, So it's, I don't know, and because you know, Dark Horse is just they've they've had they've had such a great like tone to all their books. Yeah, it would be weird because would Marvel try to use any of those, ex- you know, past creators, or would they just, you know, hey Brian Michael Bendis, write a Star Wars story because you're writing everything else?
3: Yeah, because <laughs> you're already so, writing ten books.
1: Yeah, it would just be weird. Or, or would they they say this is like a, you know, we we can make a Star Wars comic and it'll sell, so we can put it like, because I I hate to admit it, but like the when they do like there's an the Ultimate Spider-Man, the one that's based on an animated series. They okay. they have a comic for that. They have a comic yeah. on um, Hulk Agents of Smash. They they kind of feel like they're a little watered down, and you know maybe because those are supposed to be all age books. Yeah. But I I, w- I would hate to see um them say hey we can just put out you know whatever Star Wars comic and people will buy it. Yeah, where Dark Horse knows they need to you know put put some 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 juice into it at
3: the same time i think dark horse on occasion puts out a book a star wars book just because it's a star wars book for people to buy it there's been a few of those series that i've really disappointed with
0: yeah i don't know but
3: that's not that does not happen as much as i just made it out to
0: me <laughs> i
1: don't know but we'll have to wait and see because marvel you know they're, they're gonna get paid or disney's gonna get paid because if they own yeah. the license Dark Horse has to pay whatever and i would yeah. assume they would get maybe a cut of the, i don't know the, the specifics of it but let dark horse you know find the writers and the artists and the stories and then they just sit back and you know collect checks unless they yeah. like we want to have more creative control so i don't know all right is your time up
3: my i have to go back to work okay not this work my other work
1: yeah, you, your other work.
3: The other work.
1: All right. So this has been Matt Elfring joining Hi, us. Hi, it has been me. Special special appearance. And Thank you. we'll see how the rest of this this episode goes. What happens before and what happens after. That's the big question. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Matt. Bye. And that has been another episode of the Invincibly Super Massive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. Thank you to Kyle Higgins for taking time from what sounds like a million books he's writing, or maybe four or five, I don't know. Um, and thank you to Matt Elfring, Inferior Ego, for being the guinea pig. In case you couldn't tell, we actually recorded his segment first as I tested out this temporarily, temporary <laughs> recording process. Um, and maybe at some point I'll fill you in on the details of the fiasco that happened last week. It was not fun. So this has been the 50th episode. It's been a little little wonky. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, go to the general forums. Look for the Ask G-Man video question thread. You can go to Twitter. I'm G-Man from Heck. Use the hashtag Ask G-Man. Ask your questions. They will be answered. And we will be back again next week with another episode. Thank you and
2: good night. Or good morning.
1: So, so my question, my question is, is who could it be? Could it be? We, don't we don't know. And I would like to no ask, ask you which comic book that's affect you most emotionally? emotionally. Yeah, yep. yep. that's the question. I'll shake your shake. I love Alan. This is a John Byrne issue. I love, love, love Alan Davis. 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 I, I I wasn't a fan of this. Probably one. Yeah. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team.
0: I gave this a two. <laughs>